forever. Dog. Welcome to Relatively Healthy. I'm Jamie Stoller, and today on the show, we have Becca Greenberg, who is a comedian who has diabetes. And the reason why I think this uh, topic is so interesting is that we hear a lot about diabetes and people who have it, but I think there's a lot of misconceptions in the media and in comedy in particular about what it is to have diabetes and how you treat it and how you live with it. So very excited to have Becca on today. So this is Relatively Healthy. Thank you so much for being on, Becca. Thank you. You are a comedian. You are a wonderful person. Thank you. And you have diabetes. I do. And we're going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. So you have type 1. I do. And let's talk about the whole experience. Let's talk about where where it all began. Where it all began. So I was kind of diagnosed a little bit late. Like diabetes can sort of develop anywhere from childhood into sort of young adulthood Typically, there are some like, you know, cases of it happening when you're a little bit older, but typically that's when it happens. So I was diagnosed when I was a senior in high school. I was 18 years old. And like the whole of my senior year, I was just like feeling like crap. And we did not know why. And I was like, I'm just stressed. It's just college applications and (laughs) just like life. I'm just stressed. And like the symptoms of diabetes are like, you just like are tired all the time. Like I was falling asleep in class, which like was not super normal for me. And you have, it's sort of called like the unquenchable thirst because you're like just thirsty all the time. Like you're just drinking, drinking, drinking and peeing all the time. So like that was going on. And I was just like, oh, this is, this is stress. This is some weird stress. I told myself that for several months. And then finally the doctor was like, I don't think so. I mean, like sleeping in class is a very normal 18-year-old thing to do. I'm sure your brain didn't immediately go to having diabetes. That's like stress like, and I hormones. I had been tired in class. I had never straight up fallen asleep in class until I had this. But I yeah. was like, oh, well, there you go. New new thing that happens to me. Interesting. So you said most people are diagnosed when they're younger. Mm-hmm. It's something people find in childhood? Generally. So type 1 diabetes used to be called juvenile diabetes until they sort of found like people were getting it older. But I would say like probably a, a, like probably a big chunk of the cases you find out when you're a child, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then what was the immediate sort of response to that? Like what right. was the next step? When the doctor told me I had type 1 diabetes, I just started crying because mm-hmm. I, I mean, I didn't know what it was at the point. But in my mind, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. Like, because you don't know, like mm-hmm. when you find out you have some kind of illness, like that was just like my brain just jumped to that conclusion. And also, like in, <laughs> when you're diabetes is uncontrolled you like get really emotional and like hormonal so like that it's like basically having your period I guess oh god so I was just like freaking out and whatever until you know a couple weeks went by and then you know you find out more and you get like a treatment plan in place and then I was like okay like I guess I'm gonna be fine like whatever but yeah the first initial reaction was I'm I'm gonna die yeah Yeah, of course Mm -hmm. and did you have it in your family no no so there was no sort of like, oh, of course it's this. It just was out of the blue. No. So yeah. I have something called PCOS as mm-hmm. well. So that's polycystic ovarian ovarian syndrome. syndrome. I think that's what it is. So people who have that oftentimes will develop type 2 diabetes. Oh. So they thought I had that at first. Oh. And then they were like ran some tests. And they were like, whoops. And like, nope. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. I didn't mm-hmm. know they were related. Yeah, because they um, both of them are sort of have to do with 
or one of the symptoms is um, like sensitivity to insulin and like being sort of insulin resistant. Got it. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So then what was the treatment like? Like what did they tell you off the bat of what you had to do? So I basically, I had to change my diet kind of. So the doctor told me I should eat around um, 45 to 60 carbs a day no a meal and my parents thought that she said a day so for the first like week I was starving and just like I don't think this is right and then we went back and she was like oh no 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 you have to eat shit like you need to eat girl Um, and then is it a specific type of carb is it any just like any kind of carb any carb yeah yeah I mean you definitely want to pick like there are different kinds of carbs, you know, like the better carbs are like what's called like slow acting carbs, like whole grain breads and things like that, like white bread and sugar and stuff or things that you want to eat sort of sparingly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then I had to go on insulin. So when I first started, I was on like injections. So I would do a slow acting once a day. And then whenever I eat, you would have to do like injections and like calculate the carb ratio and like your doctor helps you figure that out like based on your sensitivity and now i'm actually on an insulin pump Mm, okay i wear an insulin pump and i wear a continuous glucose monitor now but when i first started i was just on the the so you were injecting that's like injecting yourself in your hip like wherever like you're supposed to inject into fat oh in your stomach your tummy or your thighs or your arm i mean don't you this is a dumb question but don't you like get all bruised from that if you do that all the The time the needles that they give you are very tiny i guess Mm. if you were like really like punching yourself or whatever you would but it's super tiny and it didn't hurt that much you get like used to it it. yeah Mm -hmm. and then when did you go on the pump when did you get the pump? When I started, so I think that was sophomore year of college. So it was about a year and a half or so of just needles. And then I went on the insulin pump. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. And so that, how does that work? So that is something that you wear all the time. It depends on what type you're wearing. I wear one called the Omnipod, which is the only pump, to my knowledge, that doesn't have like cords and shit coming out of it. So you change it every three days. And every three days I fill a new one up with insulin and then I like, you know, do a computer whatever to it, and then I just stick it on and interesting. Have like a little remote control for it, and whenever I eat, I have to like tell it how many carbs I'm eating. So how do you do that? Because mm-hmm. you do you now know like if you eat something, you can eyeball what you're eating and know. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Like you get like sort of accustomed to mm-hmm. it. Like oh, like a donut, like oh, that's probably like 45 carbs. Like it, it all depends, but yeah, you like sort of your brain gets like trained. Interesting. Wow, when you. When you drink or like, do you ever like forget to do it? Or sometimes, I mean, drinking is hard because depending on what you're drinking, it can make your blood sugar go up and it can make it go down, or it can oh, make it go up and then down. So you kind of have to be careful. I'm not like a huge drinker, but like in college, yeah. obviously you're experimenting or whatever. Right. So right. It it all alcohol's a hard one. Yeah. <laughs> it really is up and down. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So when you went to college and this was like a new diagnosis, what was that like when you were entering that environment? Right. So that was kind of crazy because it was like, oh, like I'm going into college and I have this new disease to fucking learn about. Yeah. So it was definitely a challenge, but I feel like I had a pretty good college experience. I've been pretty lucky. Like I have pretty good medical care and I've had a pretty good handle on the diabetes. Like I've never had to go to the hospital, like in the emergency room or anything for it. Like even when some, most people find out they have diabetes, like they get what's called, I think I'm going to say it wrong. It's called like diabetic ketoacidosis, basically where your blood sugar is just like so fucking high. You just, can we curse on this? I should have asked. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I have a Please. potty mouth. Um, 
like you go, like you find out because you went to the hospital and you like passed out, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, you're awake. You have diabetes." But like Got that it. didn't happen to me. Yeah. So I've been very lucky. So, you know, I sort of was able from the start to have a pretty good control over it, and then obviously you have to like get used to college. And I was a theater major, so. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> it's brave you can admit that. That's really brave. Thank you so much for telling me I'm brave. <laughs> a, a white woman. Always yeah. brave. So, so yeah. So, it's mostly like, it sounds like it's monitoring mm-hmm. what you eat. Yes. And are there other factors, too, that affect it? Like, There's lifestyle? a lot of things yeah. that can affect it. Actually, I have, like, an infographic on my phone. I don't know where it is. But I it's love like, infographics. There's, like, so many things that can affect it. It's, like, the weather and... Your hormones, you have your period, um, even like your mood. Did you sleep well the last night? Like there's a lot of things that can affect it. Interesting. But if you like have like a pretty good grasp on it, you should be okay. Like it's very hard because, you know, you're basically having to do the thinking of an organ. Right. Like you have to do the, the thinking of it. So that part's hard. But if you like sort of like pay attention to it, like I also wear a continuous glucose monitor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I can see my blood sugar on my phone through an app. So I That's can cool. see it like all the time. So I'm like super lucky that I have all these gadgets and stuff to help me. Not everybody who has diabetes has that because it can be expensive. Or like 15 years ago, no one had that. Yeah, right. Totally. So I think now it's definitely easier, mm-hmm. but it's still like, you know, there's it's challenging yeah it's definitely not something you i would recommend that somebody (laughs) i wouldn't recommend it to a friend right right but yeah it sounds like you just have to be very vigilant about everything it's interesting how you said it that it's like doing the work of an organ we take for granted that our bodies just work and that things will work out and balance and it's like no i actually have to think about it yeah be my pancreas yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. you have to be your pancreas that's a beautiful way to put it thank you (laughs) um and so uh, we were talking a little bit before the podcast. You said people have a lot of misconceptions about diabetes. Yeah. What do you What do you hear a lot of? Well, obviously, like you know, people make a lot of diabetes jokes, <laughs> like, um, oh, like I eat too many candy bars, I have diabetes, right. and it's like that used to make me mad, but now it's just like, oh, you're just dumb. <laughs> like that doesn't even make any sense, and it's not even funny. Like, I right? Just, I don't know why you're even saying that, but you know, people just like really don't know what diabetes is the diet when people hear the word diabetes they're really thinking of i guess type 2 diabetes Mm -hmm. and you know like obese american and mcdonald's or whatever and those buzzwords but you know there's at least two kinds of diabetes and there's ones like there's type 1.5 diabetes which is like it's like not i don't think an official medical term but there's like different ways and there's gestational diabetes which is a kind of diabetes you get when you're pregnant and it can go away and it cannot go away interesting so there's like a lot of different kinds and like people but when people hear diabetes they just think oh like supersize me or whatever totally they think Mm -hmm. like i ate a candy bar and i have diabetes Mm -hmm. um but do you like and then do you have a community or people you know who also have diabetes i feel like i don't know at least when I started out, I didn't know that many people who also had diabetes. Now that I've moved to L.A., there's a couple comedians who have diabetes mm. as well. So, you know, it's like, oh, hey, like my diabetes comedian friend. You know? <laughs> but uh, I think like the place that I sort of have the most community is actually on Facebook. There's a lot of diabetes groups on Facebook. So I'm in a couple like di- women with diabetes, like Facebook groups or just like omnipod which is the pod i have like support and stuff because they know more i feel like than the support no offense to uh omnipod or whatever but they it's easier for me to get an answer like if something's going wrong right like oh this just is wrong ask. and they're just like just press this button or whatever totally they, like have been through it so i they've feel like been through it 
that's a good like resource. Oh, that's cool. If you have anything wrong with you, there's a Facebook group for it. That's true, for better or for worse. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Facebook's a big place. <laughs> yeah, it's a big place, a lot of variable quality. Um, totally. And so do you like, yeah, so it sounds like it's, it's just part of your life now. Like this, yeah. how many years have you been? So let's see, I was diagnosed March of 2011 and now it's June of 2018. So that's seven, seven years. <laughs> and so is it going to like, this is a dumb question too, but no, is it going to no look, dumb questions. is it going to look the same for mm -hmm. the rest of your life or are there things that change? That's a good question. Um, I, I guess it depends on how well you, you take care of yourself because basically the very basically what the, the doctors have said it's like just take good care of yourself and the technology is going to catch up and hopefully eventually they'll find a cure and then when you get there you'll be healthy because you've been taking care of yourself theoretically and you'll be in a good place to receive that therapy or that right. cure or whatever because the technology is moving it sounds like it's moving very quickly it's moving kind of quickly i think i think it's hard like with like I don't know that much about it, but it seems like it's hard with like FDA approval and mm -hmm. things because mm -hmm. I think in like Europe, they have like more devices and they're farther along with that. So, I mean, in the United States, it seems like there's a lot of red tape with medical devices. So there is that aspect. And then there's also like medical companies make money off of sick people. Right. Like insulin's probably, I think it's like the most expensive um, like liquid substance or whatever that you can buy. Oh, wow. Or that you have to buy. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So it's just the the care can be expensive. Right. So there's like that's, a lot of factors. That's also like that's hard because I feel like you're a creative person mm -hmm. and I always wonder about if you have a chronic illness and you want to be a comedian or you want to do a job where you may not have great health insurance mm -hmm. and you have to pay for everything out of pocket. I mean, how does that work? Like, I would love to know that as well. Like I still, <laughs> even though I, I do comedy, but I have like a nine to five job that yeah. I work like that you I need have to, right? Yeah, I have yeah. to like to be a person, you know, it's I have so, all of the things. Because then it's like just what is crazy too is if in theory an outcome would be that you join a wj like you had a tv writing job mm -hmm. you have to keep that up to get health insurance i feel like we with people with chronic illness mm -hmm. like there's no way in america for a normal person to live a creative life and yeah. handle a like chronic illness. you're just supposed to not get sick i guess yeah, that's the goal is like it's on you more if power to you if you I can know, do that it's insane and then with pcos does that interact with Diabetes long term? I think kind of. Well, I, I'm type 1, so that basically means that my body doesn't make insulin. Mm -hmm. But I also have this thing PCOS. So usually people who are type 1 are not insulin resistant, but I'm a little insulin resistant. Oh. So I'm a little bit special. Interesting. So it does kind of interfere in that way. So I have to take a little bit more insulin. And generally, you don't want to take that much insulin, I guess, because it's not good for you in some, like in the long term or whatever. But yeah. How do you treat PCOS? I take birth control. Oh. So that's how I deal with it. And that's been helpful. I mean, some of it is you treat it and some of it is just like you just live with it. Like it's hard. Your body likes to hold on to fat. So it's hard to lose weight. Mm. And, you know, I just pluck my chin hair. Just, really? <laughs> yeah, you know, and it does make you a little bit hairy. Yeah. But I feel like some things I've read online, I feel like I'm a little bit more mild than other ladies because other ladies are like talking about having to shave their face. And I'm like, oh, wow. I just, I just got to go 
in, I just gotta go ham with that um, that those tweezers. tweezers. I'm not. Hopefully, I'm never there. But yeah, I guess there's like varying degrees of difficulty with it. That seems like a. That also is one that I think people don't expect to be diagnosed with. But there's not mm-hmm. a lot of conversation about PCOS either. Mm-mm. Oh, it's because it's a women's illness. Of course, <laughs> so we make it up. Yeah, for attention. You're just. You're just. Um, I don't know, hysteria or whatever. Yeah, it's hysteria. It's all hysteria. <laughs> Glucose, hysteria, yeah. all of it. Um, yeah, that, I feel like PCOS, I I have to admit, I didn't like hear about until mm-hmm. Lena Dunham. And that's just sort of where we're at as a... But a lot of other women have it too. <laughs> yeah, a lot of other women have it. I know, but they don't have the Instagram posts about it. Right. So I uh, don't post on Instagram about people. My ovaries have uh, cysts on them. How can I make that a... TV show. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You have to monetize immediately. Um, it's all about branding. It's all about branding. So actually speaking of that, does that mm-hmm. like, does your diabetes or your PCOS, you ever put it in comedy? Does it ever interact? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, not. I haven't really been writing about it lately. Like, like I said earlier, like, I feel like it's hard to tell jokes about diabetes because people don't know what it is. And I can't be like, <laughs> oh, I had low blood sugar at 3 a.m. this morning. I had to drink a juice box. Like, people are not going to get that. Or Yeah. Uh, I had low blood sugar while I was having sex with someone. I had to be like, we have to stop. I need to drink some juice. Like, Does that actually happen? That has happened, yeah. Oh, interesting. Usually guys are chill about it. I would imagine if they're having sex with you, then they're like, like, if you're not okay. chill, you can just go. Yeah, like, exactly. I don't care. Yeah. So sometimes it gets, is that because of like the hormones? Like, and the it's physical activity, oh. you know? It could be anything, like you could have taken too much insulin, but I, I think it's probably When you like moving. exercise too, does that happen? Mm-hmm. Oh, I definitely have to monitor like when I'm exercising, like, okay, like I'm going to work out today. So I have to take less insulin at this point and oh. sort of eat a snack here. And then like, do, like but it's sometimes like plan you can't out. plan when you're going to have sex. You can't always. I know. Sometimes it's a nice surprise. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, sometimes we got to get some juice in the middle. Yeah. Have you ever been in a situation where you don't have access to the thing you need, like, in terms of juice? I've never, like, it's never, like, gotten to a really bad point. I'm usually able to find something. And usually I carry something with me. Like, I have, like, glucose tabs or, like, even, like, some candy or something. But that would be bad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. One time I was at a guy's house and I started getting low blood sugar and he just ordered pizza. So I just ate a bunch of pizza. Does that work? It's not the best way to do it, but I was like, well, this is here. Yeah. And so I'll just eat some pizza. Yeah. That's really interesting. What and what advice would you give someone who is recently diagnosed and is new to it? You're going to be okay. First Mm. of all, take a deep breath. You're going to be fine. It's scary. It is. But you're going to be cool. Um, hopefully you have a good doctor and like good team and good support behind you to figure it out. There's tons of resources, like definitely explore the internet, get on Facebook, try to like maybe like get in a chat room with some other diabetic people, I guess, try to figure that out. And, you know, it's like a learning process. It takes time, but you're going to figure it out because you have to. Mm -hmm. And you're basically going to be fine. That's wonderful. That's so nice. Yeah, like it's possible to live a regular life with diabetes. Like it is annoying, but you can do all the things. Like I was so afraid like I wasn't going to be able to like move to Los Angeles and do all the things. But I have done all like pretty much all the things I wanted to do besides be on TV yet. But hopefully that's coming. Yeah. Yeah. I can't see diabetes standing in the way of that. Mm -mm. Maybe. I mean, I would be. I guess I would I the insurance thing always like trips me up. Definitely. But. And I'm like still <laughs> figuring that yeah. out. Right now I have a insurance for my job, so I'm just like we'll see what happens. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But until there's you know, 
national health care, I don't really have an answer. I know. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, just don't get if you can help it. Just don't get sick. Honestly, it bothers me. I'm going to be honest, a controversial yeah. viewpoint. But I think we should all have access to health care. And I'm going to say so it. Too. Yeah. Well, it's like a healthy society. Like if people are not like having to worry about, oh, my God, I can't pay for the surgery. Oh, my God, I can't get my medicine. Like if people just didn't have to worry about those things like that makes for a better society. You yeah. know, you're not having those weird worries. A healthy society is a good society. An educated society is a good society. Like we should be investing in those things. This is a different topic. But, no, but it's true. Like those are all things that like don't you want a good society because then we can like invent cool shit and make cool world right you know we're all worrying about getting our insulin and our yeah next meal and things that shouldn't be a privilege that should be something that's just a given so that everyone can function you shouldn't be punished because you're poor or sick or you don't have as many resources as other people exactly exactly so yeah i think this is very if I imagine if someone were recently diagnosed and they heard you talk about it, I imagine that they would be comforted and inspired to hear you talk like this. Because oh, it is cool. I think people are like, definitely don't have a lot of information. I think there's a lot of misinformation out yeah, there. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad like in one sort of, you just send them this link and now they'll know. Yeah, like, look, you're going to be fine. Yeah. There's so many people who like have the life they want and they just have diabetes. Yeah. You just deal with it. You just it's a chronic illness. You just adjust your life and deal with it. I love it. Um, and where can people find you if they want to sure. reach out? So my Instagram is Princess Pizza Bagel. <laughs> and my Twitter is Pizza Bagel Becca. <laughs> You've got to be consistent with the brand. Yeah. I love well, that. P- Princess Pizza Bagel was too long for Twitter. Yeah. They couldn't handle it. Yeah. And eventually I'll have a website. It'll probably be BeccaGreenberg.com. I don't know. Or Pizza Bagel. Pizza Bagel. Pizza bagel. I wish I was Italian. That would be so much funnier. Oh, yeah. I'm just Jewish. But you have half of it. Yeah. So that's good. I'm the bagel. Yeah. You're the bagel. And I just really like pizza. That's great. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.